On the Rave with Addy and Gav is proudly sponsored by Express Lifestyle Solutions. Whether it's home insurance or mortgages, Express Lifestyle Solutions can make a difference. On the Rave! Hi, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slipmat and you're in tune to the On the Rave. On the Rave. On the Rave! Podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, ravers of all ages, welcome back once again to the On The Rave podcast. We're doing a podcast, Addy, you know what that means? Ravers choice, Gav. It does, it means a big old helping of Ravers motherfucking choice. A massive slab of it. A massive slab. Read across your face. And we got challenged to play something local. You so not, could, have, could have been a few things. It could have been. Especially yeah. being Rave. It could, could have been, uh, Oh, I don't know. Smurf. We could have played some Smurf. Smurf's local. We could. We could have played some Zero B. That's what I was thinking of. He's local, but you know what I've went for? I've went for a pair of local Dons. Um, Big up Tom Fridgeman from Raw Vibe. He's Tom. Big up. Yes, Tom, definitely. Big up Ames as well. Here is a big fat slice of Geordie slang. Get a thick of this fucking shit and don't do what I do, which is laugh. Every time Ames says the word Doylem. We speak in sound like this. We speak in sound like this. We speak in sound like this. This one's a belter, Gan a Skelter. No, I wreck it when I'm repping, I'm the best fella. All the police and the gadgets in tune cannot stand us. Let me see you stand up. When I'm speaking slang like this Oh, where am I? Charmer, class, belter, dandy, crunchy, mint, waxer Oh, where am I? Charmer, class, belter, diner, raggy We speaking slang like this Oh, where am I? Charmer, class, belter, dandy, crunchy, mint, waxer Oh, where am I? Charmer, class, belter, diner, raggy we speak in slang like this. Oh, where my hat? Chopper, kid, class, hippie, belter, hat, daddy, chopper, cool, waxer, mint, belter, toilet. Oh, where my hat? Chopper, kid, class, hippie, belter, hat, raggy, chopper, crushy, mint. We speak in slang like this. Yeah, I that cut. I got your laugh telling me you're a duck cut. Your belter hurt my voice from the blower and kick me off like who's that duck cut? That one means you would never be that man. Yeah, not another man. Step three, back man. I'll be killing a walk in a war fight like yeah, man, D, who's that man? Yeah, man. Everybody says, yeah, man When I hear things say that up on the set I grab the decks like tax that man I got the whole range screaming, that man Here, man, I'm right like that man When I say, yeah, man, I don't mean come over I'm just using slang when I talk like this Oh, where, man? Chala, class, belter, dandy, koshdi, mint, waxer Oh, where, man? Chala, class, belter, doylem, raggy We speak in slang like this Oh, where, man? Hat, chala, kid, class, sivvy, bella, hat We 
Always speaking slang like this How? It's the original Chava here I know he's your pal but Chava As a pal I'm saying that it's Chava's queer Chava, I don't need pals I got a new thumb up well, I'm them Chava's head Give a guy not like a daffy beat Yeah man, none of these Chava's care Kill that done What? You think you're all cause a few of your pals are scum Like on the stage I will go What did he say? I'm evil and the Chava's done I will evil that you Chava's gone That's when your lasses pals are telling my pals To bring their pals truck on They love it when we're speaking slang like this It's purely Bella can hell a skelter No, I wreck it when I'm repping I'm the best fella All the police and the gadgets in tune cannot stand us Let me see you stand up When I'm speaking slang like this Oh, where my trauma Class Belter Daddy Crunchy Mint Waxer Oh, where my trauma Class Belter Diner Raji When I'm speaking slang like this Oh, where my head Trauma Kid Class Ibi Bella Head Daddy Trauma Cool Waxer much local than that. Um, that, as I said, was Ames, but that was the remix by DJ Fridgeman from Raw Vibe of Jordy Slang. It's purely Belter. Belta. Yeah, I, I love that. I think it's fucking hilarious. So when someone said play something local, I was like, yeah, I'm all about this. It's not like we can play it on the radio like neither. No. Because it says the it's, C word a few times. It's, uh, it's very sweary. It is very sweary. And we're very sweary, cunt. Yeah, we're allowed to be, we are labelled as explicit, you see. So, um, we have another one of those guests wangling all <laughs> the way up to Spenfica to speak to her on the Zooms and Ting. We know it's been a while. So here is episode 45 of the Hardcore Histories. Featuring Mr. Rob Dunridham. On the rim! Well, Ali, guess what? What's up, Gavin? We've managed to convince yet another member of the Raving Republic. To sit down and have a Zoom call with us, despite we're, all the technical issues. <laughs> we pulled away from entertainment, entertainment, the Scottish nation with his uh, with his streams every week. Mister Rob De Rhythm, how are you, mate? Very good, guys. How are you? All good, man. All good. All the better for seeing your smiling face. I tell you what, for the uninitiated, uh, for anyone who's not familiar with who you are and what you do, do you want to explain a little bit about what you do in the world of music? Well, style-wise, uh, I more concentrate these days on a kind of how how I would call it hardcore. But um, if you were to split it down, I'd say kind of mainstream hardcore and up-tempo hardcore, uh, and then towards the end of my sets, uh, a bit of terror as well. Nice, good. That's good. Uh, you run a record label, don't you? 
Yeah, I ran a record label called Dalside Unleashed uh, with uh, my mate Al Twisted. Um, we've been doing that now for over 10 years, nearly nearly reaching the 150 release mark. So, I yeah, know, I, I, I just got a full load from you the other day. Thank you very much. <laughs> I still haven't listened to you, actually. That, that's everything, that, everything that comes in my, uh, my email like that, I'm just like, oh, I've got to do that when I get home. And instantly forget <laughs> about it. So like, oh shit, I've got to do that. I've actually got to do that. So uh, that's, uh, that's my weekend. Yeah. And Al Twisted, obviously, a good lad. We've played on the same bill as Al at a couple of man faces, haven't we? Yes, yes, we've been to Al. Down a bad was there. Mr. Spaz Tech himself. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Bang face, one one event on. I've not made it down to actually is Bang Face, but I'd love to go. Well, let's go. Fingers crossed we can get out of this fucking lockdown shit. Let's make it fucking happen. Yeah, we <laughs> managed to get through Christmas without this Indian variant uh, causing more shenanigans, then I reckon by the time we get around to March or April, there's definitely bank cases to be had. Like, oh, Here's hoping, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Here's the hoping. Like, Spot on, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll crack straight on with the show and we'll open with section one, which is early influences. So who played the music in the house? Who were your early influences in the way of music? Early influences for me growing up, I kind of grew up through the 90s. Um, so growing up through the 90s, my first kind of passion was like for the kind of bouncy techno scene. Um, yeah, I introduced Nav to talk and techno when he, uh, he loved that term. Like, he was just like, talk and techno. It's what I'd call <laughs> one seal, like the words talk and techno. You know, it's a Scotsman playing banging tunes, talk and techno. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was more kind of bass generator and whatnot from down your neck of the woods um, yeah. that, uh, that got me got me into that kind of style. Um, I can remember I, before I was even into that, I had a tape that I would play. I, I, I remember it had five tracks on it. Now, I can't remember what all five tracks were, but I do remember Bizarre Ink Play My Knives was the first track on it. And that's probably the earliest memory I have of listening to kind of dance music and, and liking something that much. Um, and then it wasn't, as well. wasn't until a bit later after that um, I get into the kind of bouncy techno stuff, yeah. um, which happened. It was my friend's big brother, actually. He used to, he was also a bit older than us at the time. So when I was in, in my pal Cooley's house, his brother would be going to like the, the early resurrections and whatnot yeah. up in foreground. Um, so he would play that kind of music all the time in the house. And at this point, I can remember, I can remember me and my pal Cooley, we used to call it computer music. <laughs> Listen to him. <laughs> Listen to these computer music. <laughs> and then uh, I'd been on holiday with my pal Cooley. And uh, on the way back, we stopped off to pick his, his brother up in his dad's car. His brother was in the army, so we picked him up for the army base. And when his brother got in the car, he put a bass generator tape in. And um, that was me. I was in the car with this computer music on for at least an hour with no escape. <laughs> and uh, I, after the hour car journey, we get back to Kelly's house, uh, and I was like, Keith, you're going to give me a loan of that tape. That's, that's, that's brilliant. And uh, never looked back since. See, I'd like to think that he was in the army barracks 
absolutely in charge of the one beatbox that all had to share <laughs> and was just torturing the other squaddies with loads of bass and G. Like, that would, just, <laughs> that would be absolutely yeah. spot on. Like, yeah, but Ellie sounds like you these days. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's a really good start to, to what's going on. So I'll tell you what, let's crack on and uh, let's listen to a little bit of Bizarre Inc. Uh, this is coming with Knives. Yeah, the beautiful Playing With Knives, straight out of 91. Well, there you can. That's a little bit of the Zoring playing with knives. Beautiful track. Yeah, it's one of those ones that's a regular in uh, on the old school scene. It, it, it sure is. I'm not much sure. Was Mark Archer involved with the Zoring at, at, at that time for the early ones? I'm he sure. had his fingers in so many old school pies that I would not be surprised. That I would not be surprised. It's one of those ones that's like weekly on Method Radio as well. So 
Um, get right, tuned yeah. in. That's it. You kind of beat a classic. Well, this is it. Uh, what is it you say about uh, good music? Good music never gets shit, but a good <laughs> shit tune will never get good. There you go. All about <laughs> it. Let's stroll into section two, which is when we talk about finding your own feet in the world of music. So after the uh, after the car ride induced computer music shenanigans, the bass <laughs> bass generator. Uh, whereabouts did you start to lean when you started like digging through the racks for yourself? Well. Uh, I can remember being on holiday with my mum and dad. We were down in Blackpool. And um, by this point, I was into the, the bouncy techno kind of stuff and uh, the, the, the kind of Dutch hardcore, like Neophyte, that kind of style. And um, I went into HMV in Blackpool uh, with my mum and dad. And I was flicking through the vinyls in there. And uh, I came across a, a record by uh, a group called Naz and Bluten from Australia. Um, and it was a double double LP called Not As Good As 100% No Soul Guarantee VP. Now, I didn't have a clue who Naz and Bluton were at this point, yeah. but I can remember pulling this vinyl out, uh, and it had, on the back of it, it had like loads of menches and graffiti that they just wrote all over the record. I can remember one of it was um, the, the Industrial Strength sign on the back, and they'd scored it off, and it said Industrial Strength sucks dicks in 96 or something on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and I can remember seeing the cover for this record and thinking, oh, that looks cool. So I managed to force my dad into buying it and I uh, took it up the road, put it on the decks and uh, was absolutely blown away with uh, with the sound and the speed of it. Outstanding, outstanding album. That Amazing. 100% no soul guarantee. The, the, I wouldn't say the second one was better. They, they say I think it would be worse, but uh, they were both just Pinnacle tunes from back and still are. I still listen to them all the time. I'm part Definitely. of a group that just people, it's just people waxing lyrical about bloody fist like every day <laughs> and selling copies of uh, Mouse for ridiculous amounts. Exactly. <laughs> I think the first album was probably maybe more popular. Yeah. But the second album, I think, flowed a lot better if you listen to it from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. In between the tracks. Also, interesting note. Um, Back in the day, I can't remember why why I was down Blackpool, but I was in Blackpool HMV and found one of my own records, and I was just like, <laughs> "What the very fuck is this doing in Blackpool <laughs> HMV?" So uh, nice. what was it? Screwface and HMS's label. I was just like, "Last place I thought I'd see any sort of fucking gather at all, <laughs> let alone one of my tunes." Exactly. I think my we we brought out a tune called "Beating the Drums," uh, me and Al, and uh, we got it released on Nucleus Records. And uh, my mum and dad got us it for our Christmas and my birthday once, and they got it and they put it in a frame. And uh, I can just imagine my parents standing in HMV <laughs> asking for this record. <laughs> can you please order it in for us? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just leaning over the counter going, you, uh, can you get two copies of that for us there, lad? Two copies. <laughs> two copies. Two copies. One, yeah. one for the lid, one for the wall. Yeah. That's the one. Like, uh, have, you get have you got the new Halcon EP10? <laughs> 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 so, <clears throat> sorry about that. I'm just choking. Uh, off a 100% no soul guarantee. No, not as good as 100% no soul guarantee. <laughs> what is the tune that's really going to make you ban? The tune for me, and I think it was the first track that I, that I heard on the, the, the vinyl. So it was the first Naz and Bluton track that, that, that I ever heard. So it kind of blew me away in a sense uh, and it was a, a track titled and appropriately titled <laughs> Fucking Greedy Bitch 
Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, even with my limited knowledge of all of that sort of shenanigans, that is one that that even I'm aware of. Like, and the absolute <laughs> beasts of the scene, Naz and Bluton, um, all that bloody, all that bloody fist stuff, great. Like, love it all. Yeah, even my lassies and mother likes the bloody fist stuff. She's a bit more into the, the the harder side, not as much the jungle, but he put a bit of the Raj hardcore on, or the Raj Gabba, whatever it is. She's more inclined to that. Sweet. Well, uh, let's get a little bit of Nazem Bluton on for all the listeners. Another handful of it, because it's a regular one on here. Let's go with Fucking Greedy Bitch.
There you go. From the Newcastle, down under, from the Newcastle, up, over. That's a little bit of Nazenbluten. That's a, that's a Newcastle that doesn't exist, or the Newcastle that definitely does. Yep, that's the one, and that was fucking greedy bitch. And you can go and get yourself absolutely thick of all the Nazenbluten stuff online. YouTube's a good spot for it. Um, go to the Bandcamp. The, it's all been, well, a lot of it's been re-released, especially the early albums. I don't think the, blo- the Bloody Fist stuff, but you can find a lot of it on their old tapes and stuff like that. Oh. It's always nice to get fresh, fresh re-recorded uh, <laughs> rips of them. Yeah, rather than the ones that you ripped yourself where you get that bit of crackle. Well, very, they, all very came out, they all came out as tapes back in the day. I've still got some upstairs. Actually, someone's trying to buy some of them off me as we speak. Great, there you can. Ali's, Ali's still telling the tapes, what can we say? Let's swiftly move <laughs> into section three of the On The Red podcast, which is... First rave memories. So, do you remember... The very first rave that you went to, or like a good majority of the people who were in the shambles of a mess of your brain and on brain on drugs. <laughs> well, there'd be a few. To be honest, I mean, the first rave that played that kind of music, I mean, I actually, me and my, my pal Southie, like, uh, we, we got to DJ our third year school disco. <laughs> and he uh, <laughs> uh, just played hardcore for the full night. So, I suppose mean- technically, that was the first rave I met. <laughs> How many of the teachers just looked at you with absolute disdain while you were playing? Uh, no, they, they weren't too happy. Um, <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was uh, the local scouts as well. They asked us to do one of their discos. And uh, the, the Industrial Strength album, we just came out, Industrial Fucking Strength, that was just out. And that had like the, the kind of DOA tunes and that on it. Oh. But Cunt Face for Naz and Bluton one was on that as well. And um, they done this scout disco, so we, well, I, I DJ'd that one myself, and I just got that 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 album that day. So I was playing all the tracks from that, and the people who'd went to the first one, I don't think they expected it to be like that. So it turned out quite popular, and then they done a second <laughs> one. <laughs> it done a second one, and I get booked for the second one, and uh, they only they'd released that 150 tickets, but it was just like wee cardboard tickets that you got. So. Everybody in my school just photocopied all the tickets to see <laughs> they could get in. And it turned out they had to recall all the tickets and make new ones with holograms on them so that they knew who had bought a ticket and who hadn't bought a ticket. And then there was about four or 500 people turned up on the night. And it didn't go down too well because people didn't go in. The windows all get smashed in the, the rugby club that they were doing it at. Uh, and I safely say they never done a, never done a scout disco after that. Or at least if they did, they never asked me to do it. So yeah, <laughs> that was maybe the first elements of of, of kind of events. And then apart from under 18s, my first kind of proper rave that I would say I went to was uh, again down your guys' neck of the woods was uh, Judgment Day in uh, oh, my old home and the in the university. And uh, we went down to see. I think headliner wise for that night was maybe Rough Neck Alliance. Yeah, uh, but they never turned up though. This is. Uh, which oh, is a bit of a, bit of a gutter. Yeah, but it was still like, a great way. Actually, because uh, <laughs> they used to turn up, especially for Judgment Day, with uh, with the MC MC Sneaky Eye coming from Newcastle. You know, they used to come here quite often. Yeah, no, but we we actually me and uh, the the missus went to see which was meant to be Roughnecks' last ever set, and uh, two thousand and two. Uh, at Nightmare in Rotterdam in Holland. Yeah. Uh, which was great. It's probably one of the best sets I've seen. 
Uh, but then about a year later, he was he was back on the flyers again. <laughs> oh, just like Orbital, eh? All of the times yeah. that Orbital, cash in. yeah, cash in. <laughs> last big gig, definitely not doing another one. Twelve months later, Orbital's last big gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so the last ever North, the North One Hundred, the last ever North. Went to that, it was great. Then got a flyer for the next one, the way out. It's like these shops that have got massive sales saying closing down sale, and you're like, oh shit, that <laughs> shop's gonna disappear. And you walk past a month later, and it's like brand new closing down sale. They're never gonna close them, like the all new, brand new, old closing down sale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've got to clear the stock somewhere, haven't yeah. they? Tell your lies to get you through the window. So, um, do you remember any specific tunes from these first raves that or you went to? Or any of the DJs that you went to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, one tune sticks out in my head, and it was from the first time we went down to, to Judgment Day. Um, so we went to Judgment Day. There used to be two buses that would leave from Glasgow, um, run by a guy, Brian Pulsator, from up here. Yeah. Um, so we were in Brian's bus, we went down. I remember done the rave on the on the way back up from the rave. I can remember sitting on the bus on the way back, zoned into this track that was playing, and it was a tune by Dan Kelly and the Stun Guys uh, called uh, "Main Motherfuckers." It's the first time I'd ever heard the track on the way back up on the bus, and I just remember thinking that it's just incredible. Uh, and I think this the, the track wasn't out at that point when, when we were listening to it on the way back, uh, and I just it was one of the tracks when you hear it and you just have to have it in vinyl. Uh, so I spent a good few months after that trying to, to to hunt it down until I finally got it. Yeah, one of those ones that you'd find in seconds these days because you've got the wonderful new facility <laughs> of YouTube. But back and then, the where you can just type in this and then find it straight away. Yeah, just find yeah, exactly. That. And set lists. It's, it's amazing. Like you see, it's like oh, oh, you just hear now you can hear someone DJ and go. All right, I'll have a look, and you you can find their track listing like within seconds. And it's like, oh, <laughs> someone would have sat yeah. down and wrote out every track that they played during that set. Like it's uh, it's madness. Like the guy who did it for your signal store one that went out the other day. Yes, yeah. Because I haven't done it. So someone basically made a playlist to an one of Addy's old sets from the signal flow that we put out on the podcast, and appeared in the comments going, "Here you go, guys. I wrote down the whole set list for you." So, <laughs> did you know that? Yes, yeah, so you can just ask for a coffee. You never saw it, that? There you go. Completely random guy who Addy didn't know who just thought, <laughs> I'll write down all the tunes for that to make it handy for everyone. It's probably, it's probably already been done and then uh, he's just copied and pasted it because that, that set was fairly old. Either way, he is facilitating people finding he's the tunes. He's helping us. He's helping us. Cool. Well, let's get a little bit thick of some main motherfuckers. Uh, this is a little bit of Darren Kelly and the Stun Guys. Let's go. Cause I'm the main motherfuckers. Cause I'm the main motherfuckers. Cause I'm the main motherfuckers. 
motherfuckers. Well, that was a little bit of Darian Kelly, the stud, the stud guys with their being motherfuckers. Do you know how Darian Kelly got into fucking playing? Just a side sidebar. Do you know how he got into <laughs> no. actual music? No, no. I used, <laughs> apparently, he used to carry uh, Carl Cox's record bag around. He's one of Carl Cox's mates. And he's, <laughs> Accidentally fell into it via Carl Cox's back pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's definitely like, there's definitely only few people who would have better court trails to ride on than Carl Cox. Like, oh, to be fair, if you're gonna ride in <laughs> on anyone, you know what I mean. He's the unicorn of rave, like just absolutely all about it. Um, and as I said, that's Forza Records all the way out in 1997. Thick of the 90s references today. Oh yes, love a bit of that. Let's crack on with section four, which is when we talk about. Festival Fever! So, do you like a little bit of outdoor noise, as we call it? Are you a fan of a festival? Have you been to many? Uh, yep, uh, I've been to loads. Uh, played to quite a lot of them as well, to be honest. I've um, been going there since since I was young. Can't, can't really beat the festival vibe, can you? No, Especially no, 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 no. no. <laughs> See, Just listen to the good music that you like outside in the sun. It's just a magical, magical experience, I think. Yeah, and I think Can't a lot of people at the festivals that are coming up at the back end of this year are just going to go absolutely bananas. Like, well, definitely. Especially in Resident Newcastle because you're going to have to go bananas because it's going to be cold as fucking Newcastle. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, that that's going to be an epic one. Oh, it's That's going to be an epic one. And tune in for the ball podcast shenanigans because we'll be interviewing a lot of people for it coming up in the nice. next... X You never know with the weather in this country though. We could get we could get a scorch on October. Summer's not exactly started off too good, I'll so maybe it'll last a bit longer that Yeah, that's it. I mean, last <laughs> week in Newcastle, we are in the middle of May and it was fucking snowing. So you know, you, you just you, you just never can predict the weather or what the weather's gonna actually exactly. be. Uh cool. So do you want to go over some of these festivals you've actually been to? See if anyone can tick them all off. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, festival-wise, I mean, festivals that I've, I've played at myself, um, like Tomorrowlands, Harmony Hardcore, Army Hardcore, Ground Zero, Abitha uh, Goes Hard, Hard Island, um, Fortune Festival in Slovakia, End of the World Festival uh, in Barcelona, um, just off the top of my head. Um, one festival I, I mean I really want to play at it's a name of mine to play at that I haven't played that yet though would be Dominator Festival yeah um, huge one actually I went to the first ever Dominator um, attended it and I think the, the highlight of my night for that was uh, if you remember Delta 9 yes from America did a lot of stuff in industrial strength in the 90s um, he done the last set on the, the outdoor Thunderdome stage at the first ever Dominator Festival, um, which was was class. It's one of my best memories, actually, of, of being out raving that. Yeah, it's fun. 
Dominator is the one that's like super popular with the Geordie lot as well, especially with the Gabba heads that we've got living in the area. Yeah, absolutely. is an absolute legend. I remember we had to drive over to Scotland and, uh, after I DJ'd with them at the Coliseum in Middlesbrough <laughs> for Judgment Day when Judgment Day had a back room and Coliseum had the front room and like we were it was really fucking it was just a really sketchy night. I just remember <laughs> like yeah, I was trying to make DJ so people wouldn't dance so I was playing <laughs> I was playing ridiculous speeds, like fucking five, like everything cramped up, fucking plus eight, <laughs> wrong speeds, like fucking trying to dance and just shout, no, stop dancing. Then the next day I went to nosebleed with them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we, we were standing listening to my dominator, and I was standing next to Booney, and uh, Delta 9 played that. Fuck you, fuck them, fuck you, motherfuckers. They'll yeah. mix it up. He got that yeah. excited. He done a backflip and landed, <laughs> landed, landed square on his chest and knocked the knocked the air out. And he was down there for about five minutes. It was hilarious. Embiers, <laughs> get, get in. And just to give people a flavour, obviously we're we're a pod, pod, podcast based out of Newcastle. A lot of people who are listening will be going to Res. Um, you go down to play at Res, or are you coming to Res as a raver? Uh no, I'm going down to play at the one in October. Yeah. Um, which is excellent for me to be honest because I kind of grew up on Resurrection uh, obviously Resurrection started in Newcastle yeah. um, but it did move up to the showground for most of its, its main events so when I was younger uh, Resurrection was a huge part of Scotland I can remember drawing at school being in school we're drawing res signs all over the jaws and I think, I think I drew more more Zs than I did anything else in school yeah, yeah. <laughs> spot on and what can people expect when they come to see you? Well, I'm back to back well twisted at it. So we're gonna well, we'll do something a bit special. I still need to speak to Alex exactly what we're doing, but uh, I think we'll throw a bit of everything in. Uh, obviously it's a resurrection set, so it will be old school orientated, uh, but we'll, we'll definitely make it special. Well, I'm sure I'll be looking forward to that one, Rob. Yeah, there you go. Mark that one down like you're at fucking Glastonbury. Put a little <laughs> line underneath it and multiple explanation marks and definitely come we'll along. and see Robbie and Al. Yeah, we, we will be in the crowd, most likely throwing arms in the air and going absolutely <laughs> With a woolly jump or a hat and a coat. Yeah, definitely. No shorts, Wellington boots, on the town where, like... It's <laughs> a good chance of Ruby <laughs> Wellies, like... Yeah, that's it. Hopefully the cows will actually be moved off the moor. Otherwise, you know, we might all end up on a heifer. Um, you know, someone will leave resurrection on a heifer as it is. So uh, they always do at those events where everyone gets smashed. So if you had to boil down all of this uh, festival shenanigans you went to and pick one tune for everyone of the Rave Nation on On The On Rave to give it a good earful, who would you pick? For a festival track, personally... Uh, and this is more in the slower, kind of euphoric kind of tip. Uh, I would have to go with Marshall Masters' Return to Zero, which is one of my all-time favourite tracks. In fact, I think it was, uh, I think it was actually the Mysterylands uh, Festival Anthem uh, at one point. Um, but it's just, it's just incredible. It's like it's such a, a euphoric kind of vibe to it, and it just really gives you that kind of feel-good festival vibe I think it's, it reminds me a little bit of Moby Go in a way yeah I can, start, I can definitely say that in a, 
Mint. Well, let's get thick of it then. Uh, close your eyes, reach for the ceilings, take a deep breath, and let's have a go of some martial masters. This is Return to Zero.
And that was the amazing Marshall Masters, a.k.a. Mark Apandia. Mark Akandapian. Can't remember, Don told us how to say it properly when he was speaking to him. But uh, I can't remember. Mark Akandapian? Akandapania, though. Sounds like Mark's got a canopy. He has. Like that. He yeah. did. Last time he was in Newcastle, he had loads of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, Return to Zero. Spot on, spot on. That was Festival Fever Moment, Section 4. So let's throw into Section 5, which is... Shared Discoveries. Spot on. So is there an artist out there that you think maybe doesn't get as much love as they deserve and that you would like to play one of the tracks of for the Rave Nation to try and get them a little bit more notoriety? Yeah, right now, um, I'm really liking the three guys from Manchester uh, called Soldiers of Core. Um, who are kind of really tearing it up just now with the kind of up-tempo hardcore sound. Um, I'm going to say three guys from Manchester. I think one of them actually lived in Manchester originally. Um, one was from right at the bottom of England, uh, another one was from Glasgow, um, but they all stay in Manchester now and uh, do the act Soldiers of Core. Um, but uh, they're, they're kind of tracks I find have got loads of energy in them. Don't They don't go for like the kind of big, melodies or try and please anyone it's just kind of fall to the floor hardcore but like samples from like Bronson and Glasgow gangster films and whatnot it's just to me it's really energetic and kind of the, the, the kind of stuff that should be getting brought out just now in the in the hardcore scene spot on do you know where people can find them are they on Bandcamp or is it a, is it a, a SoundCloud thing uh, well, we've actually we, we signed them to a label um, uh, a, a while back, uh, so you can get them on my label, Dark Side Unleashed, um, for the releases, um, and then obviously just just type in uh, for like the Facebook or the SoundCloud and whatnot, just type in Soldiers of Core, Soldiers of Core, and uh, you'll, you'll you'll get to hear the guys' tracks. Definitely worth a listen. Spot on, cool. Uh, it's always nice, I find, to like just discover new music or music that other people are really enjoying at the minute. You know, it just there's so much music out there that sometimes people get lost in the shuffle. So it's nice to be able to push someone, especially someone who, especially who is, uh, from your description, it sounds very much like the same sort of thing ethos as old hardcore used to be. So there you go. If you want to get thick some soldiers of core you can either search for them on youtube and soundcloud or as always we will post a link in the comment section to where you can go about and find them is there one tune by them that you'd like to play for everyone yeah uh, it's a track that we brought out uh, a few years ago now i think it was back in 2018 uh, but in my opinion this is the best track the guys have done uh it's a track called Fucking nuts um so check this one out. In fact, you should see the artwork for it. It's brilliant. It's got a got a car. The Reggie plate says "fucking nuts" and it's got a big ball set hanging off the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> have a good laugh at that if you can see it on the internet. Yeah, spot on. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get Addy to bang a picture out on the I'm, Instagram. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Addy will bang a picture on the Instagram so everyone can see it. So um, tell you what, everyone at home, grab a beer and go fucking nuts to some fucking nuts.
sponsored by Express Lifestyle Solutions. Whether it's mortgages or insurance, Express Lifestyle Solutions can make a difference. On the ribs! 
Section six of the On The Rave podcast is the moment where I ask my compatriot to my left to set the scene. So, Robbie, you've just, you've, you finished your drink, you're at res, you're stumbling through the puddles, you go into the, to- the toilet, hence porter cabin, <laughs> sit here there, wrap yourself up a little bit of party powder, whoop, give yourself a big nifter, stumble back out into the tent, and this DJ comes on, he plays the best tune you've ever heard in your whole fucking life. Are your hands <laughs> in the air, or are you screw facing down? That's a very hard question to answer, to be honest, because I like so many different styles of music. But I'll go with one track that has actually got a bit of both in it, uh, and it's Jones and Stevenson, The First Rebirth. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and I can remember one one kind of moment like that was incredible. We were uh, at the time I was playing at Ground Zero Festival in Holland, and uh, Jones and Stevenson were actually on the lineup for it. Oh. Uh, now I've always loved the first rebirth since it since it came out. If anybody was asked to ask me, I can go to track. It would definitely be right up there. Um, and I remember we were in the industrial arena, and uh, it was just about time for Jones and Stevenson to come on. So we went to try and find them. Uh, now, I don't know whether you've, you've been to Ground Zero, but it's quite a large mapped out event. And uh, they were playing in the, the multi-groove uh, stage, which is uh, right in the middle of the whole festival, but it's kind of, it's, it's covered, surrounded by trees. So yeah. it's really hard to find. So we started panicking a bit because we, we thought, well, we're going to miss Jones and Stevenson here if we can't find this arena. So we're walking through these trees. I can remember seeing lasers coming through the trees. I'm trying to find the arena, and then we just heard the first rebirth coming through the trees, followed the music, walked into the, the multi-groove room, which was just this huge opening in the middle of the trees in this forest. Uh, and just to see Jones and Stevenson standing there doing the, the first rebirth live was incredible. Yeah, it's far enough. I can, I can even feel it. I can sort of feel the euphoria and feel the goosebumps yeah. as you're going through what would probably look like fucking end-off. And all the lasers start firing <laughs> over the top of you, just to wander straight in and find that little spot. That sounds proper class. Way everyone, as always, let us know whether or not this song makes you go arms in the air, or whether it puts a screw face on you. In the comments down below, let's get a little bit thick of a big old chunk of Jones and Stevenson coming straight out of 1993. This is the first rebirth.
There we go. That was the incredible first rebirth by Jones and Stevenson. And as we said, let me all know whether or not that made you reach for the ceilings or frown at the floor. It's definitely made me reach for the ceiling. Like, I'm yeah. getting goosebumps. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute beauty of a rave tune. And that's, as I said, that's Bonsai Records coming out of the amazing 1993. I would have been I'd have been all of 10 years old, Eddie. I'd be all of 10. Um, but an absolute beauty. Let's draw in the section seven which is the dedication part. So you're a DJ, so you probably often get people asking you if you could play a track for them, but we're turning it on its head and asking if you've got a track that you'd like to play for someone, who that person is and what the track is. So I'll hand over to you for your dedication, Rob. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose if I'm going to dedicate a track to anyone, uh, I, I might as well dedicate it to my fiance. <laughs> she'll, she'll probably kill me if I don't. Yeah, but, I uh, <laughs> so we've been seeing each other for nearly 20 years now and uh, this track came out uh, on the year that we started seeing each other uh, back in 2002 uh, we used to call this track our track uh, as you do uh, with your, your girlfriend um, I wish it had a wee bit of a more romantic title um, but uh, <laughs> it's, this is a DJ promo and a track called Up Yours
dedication for everyone that was dj promo with the romantically named up yours, up yours. um uh, and as he said that was for the missus coming all the way out of 2002 uh and that is obviously a lovely little moment for the pair of them there for the lovely couple section eight addy is the bone of contention that is guilty pleasures so where do you lie on guilty pleasures Robbie? is there is there such a thing as guilty pleasures or <laughs> is there something that you like well, it's probably just something that you like, although I, I suppose guilty pleasure would be something that's maybe quite a bit different to what people would perceive you for liking musically. Yeah. Um, mine is a, a big fan of kind of old school rap music. Um, one band in particular for me that I, I really like uh, is a band called uh, Insane Clown Posse. Oh, yeah, ICP for sure. <laughs> Which... Um, I seem to be the only one out of uh, my group of friends who who are, who are like right into uh, insane clown posse, but uh, guilty pleasure wise, it's it's the kind of music that 
if I'm not listening to, to dance music, I, I've got a bit of an insane clown posse on. I just think they're fantastic. One album in particular is the Tempest album, um, which I just think flows perfectly from start to finish. And it's a bit different from normal rap because they, seem, they bring a lot of guitars and, and whatnot into it as well. Um, for me, it's just a kind of per- perfect sound to take me away from, from hardcore for a bit and just enjoy something else. So have you ever got have you ever got like a hundred percent juggle order? Uh, the juggle album. Uh, have no, you ever, have no, you ever no, dressed up as a juggle? A concert? No, no, I've, I've never, I've never actually juggled myself. No, I'd love to see them live, right enough. Yeah, well, uh, lucky for me, a couple of years ago, I actually managed to see them live. Uh, they played in Newcastle. They got banned from one venue because <laughs> they did a gig in London at the O2 Academy. And then the O2 Academies up and down the country cancelled them and they had to find other venues to play at up and down the country. <laughs> um, and they're really famous for one thing at all of their shows that you go to, which is drowning the audience in Fago, which is a soda that's made in the in the, in the the uh, the city that they're from. I think it's is it Chicago? Is it from I Chicago? don't know where from. I can't remember if it's Chicago or Detroit maybe, but basically Fago is like the standard soda we have in this country, but a hundred times sugarier and a lot thicker. It's like a viscous pop, but um, <laughs> they couldn't get any in Newcastle. So they went to the nearest Tesco and bought about a hundred bottles of the cheapest, shannest Tesco lemonade that you've <laughs> ever had to bear. And as soon as they started, they started just shaking these two liter bottles and drowning the whole crowd in Fago. It went in fake Fago. And uh, by the end of the gig, my trainers were ruined. Like anything you had in your pockets was absolutely fucked. All these people who got dressed up and put all the face paint on, nah, completely gone because they got drowned in pop. And uh, at the end of the gig, there was like a foot deep of lemonade in the Riverside <laughs> venue in Newcastle. And uh, the Riverside, great. the day after, I posted on social media, thanks very much, you're never coming back. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the thing. And I really like a lot of what goes on with ICP. I think uh, they don't take themselves as seriously as a lot of American rappers yeah. do. Um, and that element of fun. And also the fact that they've got their own wrestling company as well. Yes. Like the, the the ICP wrestling, which is just, it's just hilarious. Like, so what, tune, what tune do you think best, uh, best displays what ICP have got to offer? <laughs> My personal favourite is the, the last track in the end of the Tempest album, uh, which is a, a track named Serial Killer. Uh, I just love it for the strange vocals. Uh, it's got a bit of a meaning to it, I think. It's quite quite deep if you listen to it properly. Uh, and it's also got a kind of really euphoric guitar riff that kind of ties the track really nicely together. Yeah, and uh, if, it's nice to meet somebody else who's, who's into the guilty pleasure as well so the next time they play over here if they ever do we need to go and see it together then. oh spot I'd, I'd, I'd go back again but I'd take a cagoule like there's no way I'd be going without a poncho or something because like, no, I'll supply the cagoule yeah I've got Arslan dreadlocks and getting lemonade out of Arslan dreadlocks turns out it's a fucking ball leg um, <laughs> well to quote one of my absolute favourites of lyrics of them I'm Violent J, and I'm back like a vertebrae. Here is a little bit of I say, pay the insane clown posse. And as we said, this is Serial Killer. 
If I was a serial killer, they would find all my victims' heads in funky-ass gas station toilets. And if I was a serial killer, I would be strange and Would cut off and smoke all of their hair. And if I was a serial killer, I would sleep on broken glass and Get some mustard up, decapitated bodies Dumped on state police law just before dawn To let them know my ritual had begun I crack a 40 with the devil, tell them dig me a hole Cause I'm coming when I die and tell that I'm in control This is if I was a serial killer And though I ain't, but if I was, I'd do my walls of blood red with blood paint as if I was a serial killer And though I ain't But if I was I'd never stop Because I know that I can't If I was a serial killer I would drive a black van And I would ride around the college campus And if I was a serial killer This time I'm here to stay I wear human bones around my neck And have my ceremonies Then go back upstairs And microwave some macaronis You know what's all up in my trunk So don't ask me to pop it Once I get out to my cabin Then I'll finally unlock it This is if I was a serial killer And no I'm not But if I was I'd snap a photo Once they die on the spot This is if was a serial killer and though I'm not but if I was I know that I can't so I would never stop never stop never stop and I don't know myself anymore and I don't know who I am anymore and I don't know who to be anymore and I don't know who I am anymore and I don't know what to think anymore Except that I am strange and deranged And I don't know who I am anymore And I will never change
would bury all my special projects underneath the garden in my grandmother's backyard. And if I was a serial killer, I Well, there you go. And for all the jugglers out there, that was a little bit of ICP. Uh, and as I say, if you do ever get to go and see ICP, take a poncho. You know, one of those little pocket ponchos you get at a festival. Take one and everyone will laugh at you when you take it out of your pocket before the start. But at the end of the night, you will be the one without a sticky T-shirt trying to get in the taxi home. Because as you can imagine... Some people got charged a fucking fortune for those taxis. You know what, ICP, I'm missing out on a fucking trick because the amount of merch you can sell in ponchos would be a fucking amazing at the game. I never even thought of that. You could sell ICP ponchos, couldn't you? Alton Towers have beat them to it by a fucking fucking years. Oh, well, that's it. Get on. Get, you get Alton Towers poncho, get your ICP poncho as well. They could do a thing when, when you buy your ticket, buy your ticket, pay a couple of quid extra, get a poncho when you get there. And everyone will be like, uh, uh, fucking poncho, what do I need a poncho for? Don't think you know who you're about to go and see, pet. Like, especially when you see lasses turning up, dressed up quite nicely, wearing really bling shoes and little skirts, and knowing that they're going to be a foot deep in Tesco's brand lemonade. They might be just lemonade sluts. Maybe. Maybe they do go a little bit crazy for the lemonade. Never, you never fucking know. Sugar drives them crackers. Well, this is it. Let's roll into section nine of the podcast, which is when we discuss... The goat's bad, no, the greatest of, of all time. time. So, was this one a difficult for you, <laughs> one of you, or was it one that really just, did someone just really jump out at you? I mean, it's always a difficult question, but when you have to narrow it down, but yeah, I mean, answer-wise, it's, it's probably pretty, pretty easy, to, to be fair. Um, I would say, hardcore-wise, taking everything into consideration, uh, I would have to say Top Dog probably would be Anger First. Yeah. Um, it's a good pick. Just for everything that he's done for the scene, the, the amount of tracks that he's turned out, the difference in his tracks as well. When, when I first got introduced to Anger First, it was when we used to go to like Nightmare in Rotterdam and whatnot, yeah, yeah. kind of turn on a millennium in Holland. Uh, and Anger First before, it was actually big. He used the angerfish used to be that they would put on at the end of the night, and they would start off like two hundred BPM. And I can remember being being a wee guy at these raves and looking forward to angerfish coming on because angerfish was the one who was going to play the faster music than anybody else, yeah, and the yeah. kind of harder stuff. They'd always be on at the end of the night, and then it wasn't until like the first ever Domino, I think, when they they done the the, the first kind of live show. And they brought out the kind of more commercial side of, of Anger Fist. I mean, even the commercial side, though, it's still quite driving and it's unique. And they've got the all the vocals that they use in their track are really kind of catchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've definitely got so a for a good hook and a good vocal. Like. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, they, they do stuff that's different as well. They'll make tracks that's commercial. They'll also stick to their roots and play... Create harder tracks as well. If you listen to a, an Angerfist, and one of the Angerfist sets I, I heard recently played like a Dormouse track towards the end, so he'll always think outside the box in his sets yeah. as well. And I think the, the, I think the reason that I would say the Top Dog as well more than anything else is 
when you speak to people who aren't into hardcore, don't really know what hardcore is, and you say, oh, I like hardcore, they kind of instantly, in this country anyway, they instantly kind of think happy hardcore, or you're into happy hardcore. But then you say, you try to describe the kind of music you like, you'll name artists, they don't know anything. You say anger first, and nine out of ten times they know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think that that name of an artist shows people the kind of style of music that you like. And I think when it's something that big, then it has to be the kind of it has to be at the top. Yeah, he's got one of those names that sort of transcends the genre, genre, doesn't it? Like, yeah, like some people can get confused and think that anger fist is a genre all of its own because of the the fast pace and as as he said, the snappy vocals that are all over the place and. Yeah. So he jumps genres himself. He'll go from slow, dark, industrial, like, yeah, uh, what's, what's the track that I love playing there? What's it? Uh, Strangle and mutilate prostitutes. Prostitutes. I love that <laughs> track. It's so That's an old answer, yeah. Track. yeah. And then, in the same breath, be very commercial and very, let's say, fire and vocals. But then, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he's, I mean, with Danny from from Angerfist, he's one of the nicest guys you'll meet as well. You would think that when someone's that 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 big in a scene, quite a lot of the times it can be a bit of a dick. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's absolutely brand new. I remember the first first time we ever booked Angerfist, and we were the first ones ever to bring him over to to Scotland, and uh, he charged us three hundred quid and stayed the night in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You wouldn't get that these days, eh? No, no, you don't get that. No, no. <laughs> it just goes to show that sometimes, like, despite the genre of music that we're all into, the, the people are actually really, really sound. Like, you'd imagine the more aggressive music you put on, that the people might be a little bit more niche, but now they're just genuinely some of the most lovely people. Like Rotator, Frank yeah, Rotator. Yeah. He's just he's a lovely guy. He plays some horrible music, but he's such a lovely guy, you know what I mean? And you're right what you say about him. Um, being there because my missus before she knew I was in the gather and stuff like that she was like all right well yeah I don't mind a bit of anger fist and it was like how the <laughs> fuck did you get to anger fist from Slipknot and Corn you know what I mean it's just that's exactly. where it naturally falls in for her like so yeah that's spot on and if you had to pick one track to sort of encapsulate what anger fist does in your opinion what track would it be that you'd play for everyone track that I would play and I think this track encapsulates his his sample, his kind of commercial sample, but infuses it with a more kind of industrial and breakbeat kind of sound as well. Uh, the track that I want to, to do from Anger Fist would be a tune called Street Fighter. <laughs> Side. Come on, the fuckers, just the scheming on my 
Street Fighter from 2014's Master Heart Masters of Hardcore, in fact. And um, <clears throat> how do you guess what? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Oh, I'll just uh, squeeze my ear hole there and try and get that back. The megaphone, the, the megaphone works, though. The megaphone is working. That's really good to know, Addy. Thank you very much for testing it out. Yes, this is the moment where Robbie has decided to play his wild card. So we've got a double goat. So for the second, so the second part of the goat, whereabouts are you going? Who do you pick for this one? Uh, for the second part, and to fly on my wild card because I think this section just has has to have something extra as well. Uh, a personal favourite of mine would be uh, the horrorist. Oh, uh, uh, and I think I have to mention the horrorist just because. I mean, everything the guy makes, I think, is incredible. Uh, it's so different in styles. Like, I can remember hearing uh, One Night in New York City. Um, it's like a really kind of creepy techno track. <laughs> it's just incredible. 
Uh, and then I like him right up into his, like his, his DJ skinhead alias, uh, where he was making tracks like Extreme Terror and, yeah. and all the kind of fast speed core from earlier. And uh, one of the best nights I ever had in a club was we went to a techno night called Monarchs uh, in Glasgow. And it was a horrorist PA. So we went to see the horrorist as the horrorist, expecting him just to play a full set of techno. And uh, I got halfway through his PA and I went out to the end of the catwalk holding this light behind his head. Yeah. And uh, the kick drum just started going, must have been 250, 300 BPM. So I thought it would just have been a bit in the techno track that they were like looping for a second and then it would kick back in the techno. It just kept going and kept going and kept going. And then he just grabbed the mic and shouted, DJ, skinhead! Yes. And then 15 minutes of speed core at the end of his PA at this techno night, which to me was just incredible because at that point I'd never seen skinhead live. So to get to see DJ skinhead do a PA at a techno night when I didn't expect it was just everything. So yeah. for that, I need, to, I need to put him in. Uh, I need to put him in uh, this category. Yeah, I've, 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 I'm sure I've told this story on the, uh, on the podcast before. And me and Don had booked uh, him to play. Yeah, one of my favourite things is just me and Don in this club listening to him do his um, do his sound check. Just like, <laughs> nice. yes, this is fucking amazing. Still remember <laughs> the first time I saw Horace. We were actually we all got a bus up to Scotland. Um, there you go, he's smiling while he's taking a drink. But uh, I was actually in Scotland the first time I saw him, and he had he had a woman with him doing vocals. Do you remember? No, don't remember. He had a woman with him doing vocals while he was performing, and it was just so like, that's exactly what it was. It was an utter performance, it was like performance. Nice. So, um, yeah, amazing. So, if you had to boil down your love of the horrorist to one tune, what would you play for people? I want to go to something, uh, middle of the road and what he makes. Uh, and a track that actually made it onto some Thunderdome CDs, uh, and I've heard it at many a rave as well. Uh, this is a track uh, by the horrors called Flesh is the Fever. Oh, yeah. what a tune. Yeah, what absolute a tune. tune. Absolute tune. Right, let's get absolutely thick of some horrors then. This, as Robbie said, is Flesh is the Fever.
everyone that was a big handful of the horrors for everyone um uh, for the second the third time maybe on the podcast I that think it might be more actually. yeah maybe that is flesh is the fever um and that's just one of those tunes that's synonymous with the horrorist and the noise that he makes it's an absolute beauty of a track on the amazing oh. things to come records please go and check all of these stuff out because it's all so different but still all so the same like it's the same sort of genre but he, he has a different look he has a different outlook on the music that he's making. Yeah, spotty dog. Um, cool, well, we've wound our way all the way down to the very last section of the show. Uh, thank you very much for hanging around and talking shit with her. Cheers, um, It's, it's lovely, to, uh, lovely to have some guests on the show again. Um, the last section of the show is what we call the personal anthem section of the show. We generally ask a couple of questions in the run-up before you do this. So um, one of the questions we ask... Uh, if you were a WWE wrestler, 
and you were on your way down to the ring, which song would you have playing as you were coming down the ring? I see you smiling because I see the tune that you've picked and I know this tune's an absolute belter. And then Addison, I, too. Yes. Um, I know it's not the track that you've picked, but DOA, New York City Speedcore, just what an absolute track. And I can see, I can just see the crowd yeah. going absolutely mental as you ran round, ran down to a WWE <laughs> ring with this playing in the background. Like, Man, I'm like the fucking ultimate warrior. Oh, <laughs> just grabbing the ropes and going absolutely. <laughs> I might make a little video of just the ultimate warrior run to the ring the New York City speed call. That would just be fucking, <laughs> that would make my day. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely fits perfect, which is why I thought I'd mention that. Um, but I see you've actually gone for one of your tracks, which is proper mint like, so um, people can get thick of what you do. What was it that made you pick this track for people for the personal anthem? Uh, I picked this track, uh, I mean, it's to be a personal anthem, so there's nothing more personal than picking something that you've, that's a track of your own. Okay. Um, so I wanted to to play this one. This was a, a track that I'd done about 10 years ago. Uh, it was called Live Tonight. Um, the reason I picked this track is because I felt like it came out at the perfect time when hardcore had started getting a bit faster. Um, so it, it kind of hit the, the 190, 200 BPM mark. Uh, and to me, it was a, a kind of new kind of sound that was coming out. Uh, and the sample on this track, as you, you'll hear, says what we have is a brand new sound. Uh, it played by everybody in the scene at the time when it, when it came out. And to this, to this day, still, I still hear it getting played at, at raves. And that's a good, a good 10 years on. Uh, and I, f- I feel myself personally that um, it, it was one of the tracks that, that kind of defined a, a new kind of genre of music when, when the kind of faster scene started happening in hardcore. That's spot on, yeah. That, that's an absolutely brilliant explanation. I see no better reason than to play it. So um, from me, Gav, and from Addy, as I said, thank you for hanging around and listening to it. Where can people go to find more of your music? Where is the best place to send them? Uh, you can check out my record label, which is Dark Side Unleashed. Um, you can check out my own pages. Uh, if you just type Rob the Rhythm into to Facebook, uh, you'll, you'll find the page. Do my live streams as well, nearly every Friday night. Um, they'll stream live from my Rob the Rhythm Facebook. Uh, I try and get started for about 7 o'clock on a Friday. Uh, and they also stream through the, the Hardcore Radio uh, Facebook pages as well. So if you can't catch me on mine, just get me over there. There you go. Loads of places where you can go to find them. As always, there will be links in the description. We also post it everywhere, like we always do. That's it, yeah. All about <laughs> sharing. So um, a massive thank you for spending some time talking to two Wallies from Newcastle. As Thanks said, for getting us on it. Yeah, oh, not a problem, bro. Not a problem. All pleasure. It has. Spotty dog. Let's get thick of a bit of robbed rhythm. This is live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Live tonight, live, live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Live tonight, live, live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Roll the mommies in the house, getting live tonight. Live tonight. It's a brand new sound. Go! All the mommies in the house getting live tonight. All the mommies in the house getting live tonight. 
Gav is proudly sponsored by Express Lifestyle Solutions. Whether it's home insurance or mortgages, Express Lifestyle Solutions can make a difference. E, well, there you go. That was the conversation that we had on Zoom with Rob the Rhythm. And by gum, is he a nice lad? He's a dad. I've known him for years, Gav. He's a lovely, lovely lad. He is. He's Pick up to his last show as well. They're a lovely couple. Yeah, well, there we go. And of course, as he said, you can get absolutely thick of him at Res. Because oh, if you haven't got a Res ticket, what are you doing? Come on, what are you doing? Get a, buy a coat, get amongst it. 
And speaking of Rez, we're going to be doing a team up with the mighty, mighty Method Radio to be bringing everyone a weekend of Rez based shenanigans. Rez weekend now. Yeah. <laughs> we have come up with the wonderful format. We're not repetitive, Addy. We're not. We'll come up with the format of On the Rez. Um, uh, and we're going to be doing some short form interviews with some people who's going to be playing with Rez. Keep an eye on the socials for all the information of what's going on. And as was said during the interview, a weekend with Rob, of tunes and mixes and good old fashioned chin wags with the people involved. And hype. Let's build up the hype. It's not like we're not on the hype train for Rez. I mean, Woo! it's in October and thinking about it gives us cowie belly. Like oh, I get a rumble tum jump. Yeah, that's exactly the one. Not looking forward to having to go for a rumble in a portaloo because it's been some time since that's happened. But hey, you do it for the rave, don't you? You do it for the rave. Yeah, speaking about for the rave, there is a certain way that here on the rave we like to end things. We call it a big fat helping of motherfucking science. Addy, what is in the test tube rack that rocks the neat? I've gotten science and Scotland. Bit of tartan techno for Ooh. all you ravers out there. Ooh. It's the excellent, excellent combination of Davy Forbes and MC Cyclone, a.k.a. the active force, with head like a fucking Pac-Man. Oh, it's one of my be. old res favourites. Like, I saw these live ish at res and oh i was just looking forward to this tune all night until they dropped it e well there you go so thank you for hanging around and listening to us prattle shit with another raver from the rave nation i have been gav i'm Addy. and we are now officially off the rave good night <laughs>
Hi, uh, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slipmat, and you're in turn to the On The Rave. On The Rave. On The Rave. Podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. <laughs>